This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Happy Halloween and welcome back to the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm your spooky host, Aaron Camaro, and the frightening Chris Sinzak is right there. That's what they tell me. Behind you. Look out. Yeah. Frightening. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, happy Halloween. Same to you. This is going to be fun today, I think. Yeah, well, this this is about as easy as it gets for us. It's uh, right. it's, it's going to be pretty cool to, you know, both Giant Kiss fans and excited to uh, watch this movie along with you guys. First time we've done a movie commentary. When I think back to Halloween's growing up, my favorite costumes over the years were always Kiss. Of course. Whenever yeah. I got a chance to dress up like Kiss, mm-hmm. man, I was all about it. Always Ace Frehley. I remember in junior high, my mom actually cut like this big V triangle thing out of cardboard Mm -hmm. and then upholstered that cardboard with like black, some kind of fabric and then took the tops of soup cans and and made it kind of similar to the hotter than hell costume. It was so cool, man. I wore that thing all the time after Halloween. Any (laughs) chance I could get to put that thing on and just act like Ace Fraley around the house, I'd do it they let me outside the house with it, I'd probably work to school every day. And then you hear, Aaron, it's Thanksgiving. Sit down and eat. <laughs> Dang, I was hoping for a new Ace Frehley costume for Christmas. I yeah. guess I'll just have to keep wearing this one. Right. <laughs> Did you build the platforms and everything? No. no. But years later, I made a Halloween costume, and I took some old work boots, mm-hmm. and then I took some blocks like people would use to like line their driveways and stuff mm-hmm. and i cut them off to the size of the boots and i nailed them to the boots them, or got them how did i do it somehow i attached them to the bottom of the boots mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> and spray painted the whole thing silver yeah i busted my ass I was so say, many times that a, night it's a broken ankle waiting to happen yeah drink on top of that yeah no wonder okay. he's fairly was falling down all the yeah, time it's amazing he can walk <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, this is They're cool. Like kiss um, clogs with a K, right? <laughs> and we did. Um, we had Andrew on the first time that he put this out, and and that was fun. But uh, this would be interesting because I know I heard that he's changed this up quite a bit. Yeah, added like extra footage to it and more different interview stuff. Nice. And um, so it's called the Encore Edition of the Greatest Show on Earth, and we're gonna do it kind of like they do it at movie screenings, where we're gonna we're gonna do our intro here, but then we're gonna give you a countdown: three, two, one. Then you go to Vimeo. And look up Greatest Show on Earth Encore Edition. And when we say three, two, one, and play, you click play at the same time as us. And we're just going to watch the movie together and comment on it. And uh, yeah. And then when we're done, we're going to have Andrew come on and we're going to talk, a, do a discussion with the creator about right it. Right on. So if you need a moment to pause us and get that all set up, go ahead and do mm-hmm. it. Well, we're going to keep on rolling. So if you're joining us back once again, you're all set up on Vimeo. You've got the Greatest Show on Earth brought up. It's at zero, zero. Zero zero. Yeah. You've got it paused and you're ready to go. Yes. Just like we are. Yeah. But let's get our business out of the way first. I like this idea. It's fun. Other podcasts do watch longs and I always like yeah. that. So yeah, we should do more of these. We're going to give it a shot today, see how it goes. But before we do all that, you know we got to take care of our business. That business at hand, it's reviews and recommendations. We like to get them from Apple Podcast reviews. We like to get them from Facebook recommendations. And we like to get them from Podchaser. Well, we lost our Facebook recommendation this week, but yeah. guess what? We've actually got one from Podchaser. Podchaser lives on yeah. Halloween. Yeah, definitely. Spooky. All right, first one. It's Apple Podcast Review. It's entitled, one of my new favorites. Ooh, look at there. One, two, three, four, five stars. I subscribed to the Decibel Geek Podcast a few weeks ago while looking for podcasts about the Black Crows. 
that archived episode was awesome. Now I've binged on all the ones until now. Great chemistry between the hosts. They have a deep knowledge and love of rock. These guys are now at the top of my playlist. Thanks. That comes to us from Francis Head from right here in the USA. I like that a lot. Thanks, Francis. He binged everything since the Black Crows episode. And that means it's in just a few weeks. A few weeks. Yeah. Wow. wow. You must be sick of us. <laughs> um, and I, as you know from listening to that episode, but if you're a Black Crows fan, check out State of Amorica yeah. podcast. There's a podcast especially for you that's Black Crows every single week. Yeah, that was a great one. Every single time. Yep. All I right. Like that. And then we got a pod chaser review. And it's all about last week's episode. Remember, mm-hmm. we told you guys on Podchaser, you can actually go down and make comments on individual episodes yeah, and leave reviews for individual episodes, one such as this that comes to us from the Serial Man. It goes like this. Great job. Mark knocked it out of the park. You should look up the details on Shy Tiger. You'd be surprised to find what bands the original band members ended up in. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, for sure. I like that. That's the kind of stuff I, I can dig into that. Yeah. Look for stuff. Very discover cool. new things and play it on the show. Yeah, very cool. And uh, our other favorite people, the Geeks of the Week, these are people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter. Last week's This Is Your Life episode with our good friend Mark Starsky, which Man. was amazing. Wow. Did he... when. When Serial Man says Mark knocked it out of the park, yeah. man, that's no joke. He totally yeah. caught us by surprise, blew our minds, mm-hmm. and warmed our hearts. I don't think anyone was as entertained as we were by, I'm sure. by yeah, I'm what sure. he brought to yeah, the table. Yeah. As much as anybody else enjoyed it, we yeah. loved it that much more. It felt like a gift to us, honestly. Yeah, it was very cool. Very cool. So Geeks of the Week this week are Joseph Capone, Kristen Schimbeck, Ken J. West, Adam Cox, Jay Sabluski, Wayne Cross, Andrew Jacobs, Christopher Stokes, Jeffrey Mendenhall, David Glenn, Mike Parnell, Bill Elam, Ray Coon, The Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, Todd Cunningham, Matt Ashcraft, Mark Alden-Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Shane Abair, Mikhail Burrell, Sean Cullen, Warren, Edward LaRue, Baker, and, of course, The, the Mooger Fooger. All right. Those are our people, our friends, Geeks of the Week. If you want to become a Geek of the Week next week and hear your name at the top of the show, all you've got to do is share or retweet this week's episode. What are we calling this? That's a good question. The greatest show on earth? Probably. Okay. Whatever it's called. <laughs> You'll see it in the artwork. retweet it, then you will become a geek of the week. It's just that sweet. So now, I hope everybody, if you had to pause, you're ready to go. You've got it brought up on Vimeo. I hope, well, that's V-I-M-E-O, oh, right? Yep. And then you can download that app. I think that's how it works. I mm-hmm. just had my wife set it up on our TV in here. Yeah. We're at zero, and we're ready to play. You mm-hmm. ready to watch this yeah, thing? Yeah, let's do it. I purposefully not watched this. Me neither. So uh, Yeah, I'm excited we're, we're to see what's see for the different time. about this one. So are we ready? We're ready in three, three two, two, one. All right, here we go. Oh, man. And he's got, like, the preview. It's restricted. Rated R. <laughs> Rated R. I got to go ask my wife if I can watch it. Can you turn the volume up any? One last time. Oh, this is a preview for his next project. Oh, sweet. He's doing an end-of-the-road thing. That should be cool. Yeah, for sure. As awesome as these things are that he puts together. Andrew's awesome. That was the Alive 2 commercial. I must have watched that clip on VHS a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's so cool that commercials used to be like this. Like you turn on the TV and see a commercial for an album coming out. Yeah. It was available on compact disc way back then? No. Yeah, I think Andrew had a bad. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kiss, they're amazing. They invented yeah. the CD. The disclaimer. Because I know some people are like, oh, he's profiting off of their work. No, he's, it's, he's purely putting it out for free. Yeah, he truly does it for the art and the love of rock and roll. And, and he is an artist, as yeah, we're yeah. about to find out. Yeah, it, he does incredible work. I'm excited to watch the new version of this. It's by the fans, for the fans. I like that. It's like our show. <laughs> so 70s. That's what I love is he'll put so much stuff that fits into the time period yeah. with it so you get a vibe of it. Our feature presentation. I know he had like a commercial for Thank God It's Friday on the original version of this. I don't know if that's going to be on here again. Remember that movie? So this the premise of this is this supposed to be something that would have aired like yeah, on late it's night like TV. Yeah, or like a TV special. Yeah, like if if they had d- done a proper documentary, like Song Remains the Same or something, yeah. it would have looked like this. Ah, <clears throat> I can't understand why they never did. Well, because they had Kiss Meets the Phantom to make. Ah. <laughs> I love this intro. Kind of reminds me of what we do with the year in review intros. Rocky. Star Wars. New York Blackout. Look at that. Not in association with Casablanca film. Right. Old footage of the city. Kiss tonight. <laughs> yeah, this intro is badass. So cool. <laughs> What color was that guy's hands? <laughs> You'll know who it's, if it's a real guy or not. That's from the uh, Land of Hype and Glory interviews. You can barely see the strings. So cool. Look at them kids. We were born too late, my friend. Oh, there's going to be Tom Snyder clips in this. The greatest TV segment of all time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'd have been so blown away watching something like this as a little kid on oh, TV. Yeah. I want to sing. I want to be somebody. Act. (laughs) 
And you see Eddie Belandis walking behind Peter in that quote. And you remember what Eddie Belandis' famous thing is with Kiss? This right here, right? Him, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Except Gene's the one saying kiss. Because the way Eddie said it, he would just say, kiss. And Gene was like, sounds like you're saying piss. So Gene re-recorded the word kiss. Ah. Oh, so there wasn't, he didn't go out in front and say that? It was recorded? No, I mean for a live, too. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Well, you know the Largo concert in 79? Yeah. You you hear Eddie do it there, and he's saying the greatest band in the world. But he, when you hear him say "kiss," you'll hear what I'm talking about. Okay. He just says "kiss" really fast. Yeah. I think I still prefer Jr. Smallings from Alive. Yeah, I just love the way it's the sounds. hottest band in the land. It sounds better. Best opening Kiss song of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think they've ever done better. And I about lost my shit Such a at the, the uh, ass song. I about lost my shit at the Hot in the Shade show. Yeah. See, that was the first song I saw Kiss play live. That was amazing. That's Magic Mountain footage there. That's the craziest thing about this is he's he's taking clips from Largo, Magic Mountain, and Houston, and it seamlessly looks like the same show. Making it a perfect blend. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. It's pretty amazing. I'm sure he didn't use any of the Magic Mountain footage of Peter where they had the old guy in his makeup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Shaggy from Scooby Doo mm-hmm. singing his songs. I love the misunderstood lyric of that song by uh, Ken Mills. How does it feel to find out I'm feeling your tits? How does it feel? <laughs> I remember reading that a long time ago. I laughed so hard. Feels like rape. <laughs> I love this solo because Paul does the first half and Ace does the second. Man, Gene Simmons is sure cool back then. I miss him being in character. He hasn't really been in character since he yeah. got the makeup back on. But he truly believed in the character back then. Well, and like we've heard a bunch of times, you know, to the point where he'd change into somebody else yeah. personality-wise as soon as he was all armored up. Hello. <laughs> 70s ladies. Yeah. It's a shame they invented bras in the 80s. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I remember my first time seeing the, well, finally seeing the Largo footage from uh, uh, Kissology 2 from this tour that he's using a lot of this for. Just blown away by how great it looked because the Houston show is great, but yeah. it's so dark. Like, you right. can't really see the show that well, but this Largo footage is perfect. I mean, it, this is the way you want to see it. But he blends in the Houston stuff pretty good with this. Awesome. Man, if I could have been old enough to be going to concerts at that age. Yeah, me too. (laughs) 
Meet us in the gender-neutral bathroom. <laughs> 2019 Kiss updated, updated for today. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine they come out with a politically correct yeah, album? It's just a joke, guys. Don't changed. get mad, please. Yeah. I still don't know why they haven't played more of this song. They should have played this through the when the original band got back together. I mean, yeah, it never. Sure. I don't think they played it once. No, this is one of the best Kiss songs from that era for sure. But it's just a meat and potatoes basic rock song, but I love it. And it's got cowbell in it with a K. Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. Mm-hmm. You can see the fire on uh, Sam T. Serpent off to the side. Yeah. That was so cool that they brought that that prop back on this tour. Well, it's one of the most popular props they ever had. Yeah. So is that something that was in storage and that's the authentic no, original? Or? they rebuilt yeah. it. Um, David, it was for today's standards. <laughs> yeah. David P. from the... Uh, it's the Kiss replicas that makes all those replica. He yeah. made Gene's costume for this tour too. Oh, nice! But yeah, he rebuilt it himself. That's cool. That guy yeah. was—he was the one that was set up down in Atlanta yeah. at that time. Yeah, that guy was super cool. Well, and ironically, Andrew was working with him that day. Yeah, yeah, the, oh, yeah. the director of this movie. That'd be cool if he would come down for Rock and Pod next year with that would be cool. with costumes. I think that would be fun. Go Ace, go. Yeah, I got a picture of this, the TV with the logo above it. That's too cool. Look at Kiss. Prime of their powers. I heard that the, um, I think the Largo show was Peter Chris's birthday. Yeah? Yeah. It was in December, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> that was the bootleg I had when I was a kid, was the Largo show. Was it Largo 79, though? 77, I think. No, it if couldn't I remember have been. right. It didn't get, it didn't get released until the Kissology out came out. Hmm. <clears throat> the was, Largo 79. off this tour, I think. Oh, okay. Well, the Madison, not Madison no, Square Garden. No, it was Madison Square Garden. Oh, Houston was the main one. Houston, that that's it. Yeah. yeah. But it was so dark. You know, this one's so much better. Well, that's cool. That's cool. That was cool when Moose told us about that day. Yeah. I used to watch the fuck out of that clip. What people must have thought around the country, you know, people that weren't aware of it must have been pretty shocking this moment to see this on TV and be like, "What? Yeah, who are these guys?" And you know that rainbow prop above the logo uh-huh. um, that was used at all the shit. What were they called? It was like a like Cal Jam festival shows in the 70s. Oh, you can see California Sa- Jam? Yeah, California yeah, Jam. Yeah, that's you right. You can see Sabbath playing with it behind And Van you. Halen, too. Yeah. Yep. Imagine where that prop went. Man, that'd be awesome to have that. 
Yeah, this is all new from last time. All that stuff. Now that used to be the only footage from the Largo show that was out publicly. Yeah, was the rock and roll because they they used the tape delayed version of this for uh, American Music Awards that year. Oh, okay. So that actually aired on national TV. I. Peter's fucked up. This is unreleased footage I've heard. This is before the the night before what you've seen. This is the earliest known footage of Kiss. It's awesome. Wow. It's surprising and they how already know what how, they are. Yeah, it's surprising how down they already have it. Yeah. I mean, I guess that goes to show you, you know, practice, practice, and practice until you're sick of these songs, then go out and play them. Yep. I mean, if you look at Gene Simmons, he's even already got it down at that mm-hmm. point. I bet. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, he said Peter was kind of full of shit about that part. (laughs) Mike Douglas show. I love that. That's uh, 11 days after my brother was born. Wow. Can you imagine that, though? Being in a band and you just get up there with your band and you play your songs and shit. And then the next band coming up, now they got to hang this big old giant sign, <laughs> yeah. and they got these things, and they're dressed like maniacs. Can you imagine how many bands just freaking hated kids? A lot, I'm sure. Like, these fucking assholes, you know, yeah. come up on stage and do all this shit, or we got to wait for them to tear it down. Yeah, especially they're if, if they're us. the opening band. They're like, you know, who the fuck do you think you are? His makeup never looked like that after that appearance. No. It's pretty different. I like that makeup. Yeah. I, that might be one of my favorite Gene costumes. I know it's basic, yeah. but I always thought he looked cool in that one. With the horns coming up off the yeah. shoulders, hell yeah. I've told Robert Bentley he needs to recreate that costume. Because Gene was at his skinniest, and Robert's a pretty skinny guy. Yeah. He would look dead up like him if he did that. Gene's setting his hair on fire. Oh, damn. He's you see Sean up. Delaney run up behind him with the towel. 
imagine. There's probably people after that go, these guys, they set themselves yeah. on fire when they're playing. <laughs> They'll do anything. You know what Peter's doing his head like that? Uh-uh. I heard that he he would be so fucked up on drugs that he was doing that because it would like give him a head rush. Wow. <laughs> I would think drumming would be one of those things you just you can't get fucked up and do. I probably, you know? I mean, yeah, but but the way those guys rehearsed, I'm sure he could do it yeah, in his I sleep. So. It was probably like autopilot by yeah, that point. I suppose so. After so many times of doing it, and I know Ace said that you know he got it down so good that he could just get he could be drunk going into the show. It didn't matter because he would just know his parts. It's part of the authentic Ace Fraley experience, Curly. <laughs> yeah, he's fucked up. I do this for the fans, Paul. No. They expect me to be drunk. Yeah. You don't understand, Gene. They expect you to be horny. They expect me to be drunk. <laughs> what do they expect from Paul? To be in touch with his feelings. Yeah. And say, don't look at me like that after the show. Or if I give you that look, don't don't let me see you. One of three show. looks. That was hilarious. And most of all, no matter how hard you're tempted, do not touch the aura. <laughs> and it's purple. <laughs> I was thinking about that. That's one of the funniest, longest-running jokes on the show that nobody really understands because that episode got deleted. Yeah. If you know and you get it, yeah, then you you're know. one of the elite few. <laughs> I have an aura. <laughs> get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> probably the most honest thing I heard that day was that story because you know it's true yeah oh no it didn't did not surprise me at all it's like yeah it sounds like him that was a cool feature of that tour was him rising up on that part what does Toomey call them ego risers ego riser kiss was the originator of the ego risers it's badass though I envy anyone who got to see them back in those days. Shit, yeah. Must have been amazing. I mean, that's another cool thing I've been noticing throughout this thing so far on this live footage is the audience. Like, mm-hmm. there's men and women, there's young people, there's old people, I've seen Asian people, black people, white people, all different races and, and ethnicities, and it's, man, this is pretty awesome because it's like Kiss brought all these different kinds of people together. Yep. All different kinds of people in that crowd. You don't get that anymore. Everything's too divided, even the music. that damn red light on Ace Frehley that confused me so much when I was young on the cover of Alive 2. Why? Why is he red? 
That's Gene's color. He's supposed to be silver and stuff. I hated that picture on Live 2 of Ace Frehley. Really? Yeah. Well, his hair almost looks brown right. because of the lighting, I think. But it looks like... Uh, I mean, it's cool looking, but I just wanted a clear picture, I guess, when I was young. Now I look at it, it's like a piece of art. Yeah. Like something somebody painted. Did you ever notice that it's like a complete opposite from a Live 2 to a Live 1 with the cover art? Yeah. Because a Live 1 is a giant picture of the band. Right. And a little bitty word that says Alive. A Live 2 are little bitty pictures of the band and humongous words saying Alive 2. I why they did that. Maybe because the stage was too big and they could never get close enough together to get a picture. I don't know. I would have put a shot of that stage on the front cover, but... Yeah, like the inside cover. Yeah, make that thing, the front. Shrink it down to make that the cover. But although that makes for even bigger effect when you open it up. That's true. Not that they needed any help selling copies of it back then. No, but that's about the most badass thing in my childhood, I think, is sitting down at like my grandma's turntable, mm-hmm. listening to Live 2, and just looking at that folded open and imagining mm-hmm. this, you know, what it must have been like to see him live. Because I never got to do it because I was a little kid at my grandma's house, you know, being babysat, not going to concerts. I think one thing that's interesting about the these shows from back then is like, yeah, you had moments in the show that were like the Live 2 inside cover. But a lot of the show, it's pretty sparse lighting. It's like they were relying on the bands themselves, the band themselves to provide the entertainment, you right. know, running all over the stage and... And now it's the exact opposite. The guys don't move around much anymore, and it's all show. Right. So it's almost the opposite of what we're watching now. Well, I suppose back then, too, it was a matter of making money. You know, you could have the, sh- the stage doing all kinds of different stuff, but it's going to cost a lot. But you don't really need that with this kiss because they're so animated yeah. and all over the place that, you know, they should be the focal points. Right. There's something I was taught in wrestling. It was by, like, uh, you know, accentuate the pluses hide the minuses mm-hmm. so if you're not moving around and doing stuff quite like you well, that's as lively, exactly what they're doing and you, you minimize know. that part and you up the other side where people go wow that was still amazing yeah but yeah they but yeah this kiss in their prime right here they there moved no around a lot back then man I watch this, and all I think to myself over and over and over again is, I was born too late. Yeah, me too. No disrespect to the 80s kiss. Love them, too. But but the 80s kiss just opened the door to seeing all this, and I'm like, damn, right. I wish I could have seen that. Yeah, because <laughs> in the era we grew up in, the 80s, you know, into kiss, we could only imagine this stuff. Yeah. Or get beat, uh, bootleg VHS tapes of it. Mm-hmm. April Fool's Day, 1975. Man, they look so cool. This might be my favorite Kiss TV appearance was this one. They truly kick ass on this one. And Peter destroys his drums at the end of the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is badass. This is why Kiss is my favorite band. From that moment forward, every C was turned to a K. Right. 
can't remember what model guitar that is Paul's playing. They used to advertise them on um, in like Hit Parader and Circus. They weren't great guitars. I can't remember what they are though. Good times. Cadillac footage. Did you see the thing ESPN put together for Cadillac, about Cadillac? They did it a couple of years ago. It's like a little, it's like a 20 minute documentary about it. It's really about well, Kiss yeah, and the uh, team and all that. Yeah, it's oh, nice. really, really well done. I'll oh, send man, you a link I gotta to it. see that. It's really cool. It's still one of the most bizarre things to ever happen in rock and roll. It really is. Coolest football coach ever. How was practice today? It was awesome. We just hung out and listened to Kiss records. (laughs) I used to be friends with a girl whose mom was there for it. Yeah? Yeah, she went to high school there. She still has the uh, the high school yearbook that has a lot of pictures from it in there. Nice. Yeah. She won't sell it for anything. No. Those yearbooks go for like over $1,000 on eBay when wow. people sell them. I suppose. They're very know. hard to get. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful girls, cool dudes, all at the Kiss concert. <sighs> Excuse me. Here's a song they won't touch anymore. No. Because of the current climate. In 1977, it was an invitation. It is kind of creepy when you think back on it. (laughs) Gene Simmons hanging outside of high school looking for chicks. I don't check IDs. Yeah, no shit. This song's kind of polarizing with the fan base. Some people love it and some hate it. I've always liked it. I like it. <clears throat> it is more of a bubblegum pop song. Kind of is. It's like a throwback to like, like uh, 50s. 60s, yeah. 50s kind of thing. Could be a Chuck Berry song. With a guy who drools blood singing it. Uh-huh. I always like the Gin Blossoms cover of it from yeah. Kiss My Ass. They, it's my favorite Gin Plot Blossom song. Well, they were the right band to do it because yeah. they had that pop kind of pop rock sound. It's like Dinosaur Jr. Going Blind is my favorite song by them. Yeah, I never could get into them much. I like a few other songs. One of my friends was a massive fan of them. (laughs) 
what other bands had their own big giant logo like that that they carried around with them? Mm. Not too many that I can think of. I'm trying to think of who did. <clears throat> Elvis had one for a yeah. while. Similar to that one. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I always thought Van Halen should have. They had. Yeah. I think they had a lighted logo for a while. I suppose they had a bunch of other stuff, though. Yeah. I don't think ACDC Wait, ever had a big logo. They could have gotten away yeah. with that. I guess some bands always had other props, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, Kiss were originators in so many ways. They took everything to a new limit that had never been touched before. Is he playing a Thunderbird bass? He didn't play that very often. I love that big roller coaster in the background. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I love this song. No. seemed like Gene was the most popular, but Ace was second. I don't even think Paul was the most popular back then. With the ladies. With the ladies, maybe, but like, it seemed like Gene and Ace had the two biggest followings. It's kind of like the cheap trick idea, where you got two guys that are real good looking mm-hmm. and two guys that are kind of scruffy and weird looking. Did Kiss have two guys that were good looking? <laughs> Peter, Chris, and not maybe good looking Peter per and Paul. se, but yet Peter and Paul were for the ladies and Ace and Gene were for the dudes. Well, Peter did have the spoiler. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that was for the ladies. But I remember, like, my Aunt Pam, when I was little. No, my Aunt Peggy it was. Mm-hmm. No, not Peggy. I don't remember which aunt it was, but one of them would say, who is your favorite member of Kiss? She's like, oh, I like Peter Chris." And we're like, why? Because he's a kitty. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Paul and Peter are for the ladies. Gene and Ace I never really dudes. looked at it that way. <clears throat> So cool. It's the most awesome looking band on earth. If I was deaf or from another planet and all of a sudden I got my hearing back one day and they said choose an album, it would be Kiss. You'd, like, you'd be looking through the records and be like, oh, this is the band I want to check out right here. <laughs> they just look so cool. I wish I could just wear various Kiss costumes every day in my real life. Well, you can. You'll get put in the nut house, but you yeah. could. Like, what if I showed up to work tomorrow dressed like Ace Fraley? <laughs> I'm here to fix your plumbing, Curly. <laughs> Actually, I'm a plumber. I wonder if he included the whole guitar solo on this. <clears throat> That's always what made me the Ace Frehley fan that I am today. This song off Alive 2. Oh, yeah? I love the way like, Ace makes the guitar sound like it's from another planet. 
I like Gene's bass line on this song. Oh, yeah. I think I'd seen that footage before it was filmed from behind. Like that that shot, that's interesting. Wow. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's one of the best <clears throat> guitar faces. Yeah. Yeah, these shots from behind, I don't think I've noticed before. It's like you're, they're shot on the stage with them. I don't think I remember that from the first version of this. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool to see all different angles. First time I saw the smoking guitar was on the, as far as on video, was the the Kobo video from the Alive Tour. Yeah. It was like one of the first Kiss bootlegs I bought, and I remember being pretty blown away by it. Many times unsuccessfully trying to play Aces solo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Simple Earthling, you'll never play that solo. Pre-Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. He sounds just like Tommy Thayer. It's amazing. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> you can leave now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the song that turned Kiss into more like the Beatles. Four separate stars. That's from the 2020 special. Thank God for rock and roll. <laughs> oh, it's like the Paul used to play a lot of Flying V's back in the seventies. He doesn't really do that it's anymore. It's like a thrash song. Yeah. Kiss invented thrash in nineteen seventy seven. Oh, they didn't. <laughs> I think he said he was trying to go for their take on communication breakdown with the yeah. song. <laughs> I remember being a teenager, you know, many years after this song had come out, 
and feeling funny about this song because making love seemed like such an old people term. <laughs> well, but then the lyrics are the lyrics are rapey. Yeah, kind of. She says, "Stop, baby, go, go, go." <laughs> that lyric wouldn't Don't fly it, today. <laughs> no means no. <laughs> and before whoever's listening gives me a piece of their mind over that, it's just a joke. Because people are like, oh my God, talking about rape and stuff. They're like, I'm just kidding. Take it up with Paul Stanley. Yeah, he wrote it. I didn't. I always love the solo on this Hell one. Hell yeah. Play that trout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> you can't deny Ace Frehley is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. One of my favorite. I don't know if I'd say greatest. Greatest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gene was so into the character back yeah. then. Paul Stanley sure liked to eat that microphone. <laughs> mess up his makeup you making a commentary on something i'm just saying you know a lot of these old videos you see paul stanley and his mouth makeup is all messed up because he's been Mm -hmm. beating his face on the microphone awesome yeah super cool Yeah, this band right here in this time and place just cannot be topped. That's from Phantom. Oh, that's from Creatures era. Big John. Yeah, he's cool. Not really a job where you can take a day off. No. And he's 100% right. You talk about other bands just showing up and their gear's all set up and everything. They just get up and play their songs. They hang out and do whatever, you know. How long does it take Kiss to get ready before a show like this? A lot longer than it does than, you know, Steely Dan or somebody showing up to play. It's a shit ton of work. 
I thought he was from the wastelands. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's born on Olympus. <laughs> Laughing at him. Paul Stanley, superhero. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Oh, my God. American Zorro. Tom Snyder called him out on it. She's like, that's good, Ace. He's a cat. <laughs> Gene being the mom. Uh-huh. Watch what you say, young man. I will put one in your TV. Yeah. He's so smart. <laughs> Ace Fraley, the smart one. What is this? Love this song. Badass. It's hard to do commentary on something like this because you just, just want to listen. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be quiet and listen to it, and it's just awesome. 
what more can be said? Musically, I always thought this was one of the more complex songs they did. I remember the Revenge lineup did an amazing version of it when I saw them on that tour. Paul Stanley always aware where the camera is. Yeah, him and Gene were both good about that. But I mean, that's good. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, they're they're on it. Mm-hmm. These guys are true professionals. I mean, the facial expressions, the moves on cue. See, I mean, even back then, there was no other bands like Kiss. Nobody was doing this kind of stuff even on stage. If you take them down to an individual level. Where they're in their personas, where they're really hamming it up for the crowd. They're pointing at the right times and raising their fists at the right times. And, you know, just every move that they do is just a part of the show, you know. No other bands were doing this stuff, really. No, they were well rehearsed. They always they they always seem to have their show down before night one of whatever tour it was. Ace Frehley's crying. Look at that. <laughs> sad. That's awesome. You're rocking so hard, your face is melting. Yes. I love the reunion tour, but man, it would have been cool to see this when it was going on. I'm telling you. But then again, you know, that's why my whole world felt like it was turned upside down when they announced Mm -hmm. that that reunion was happening because Mm -hmm. I never got to see any of this other than, you know, historical footage. This kiss was long dead by the time I was old enough to go to a concert. And the rise to it video. (laughs) That was about it. Yeah, that was pretty exciting too at the time. That was very exciting. It just just made me miss Ace and Peter that much more. I was bummed because, you know, at the beginning it shows them putting on makeup and then it goes to modern day kiss, no makeup. I'm like, what the hell? And then it goes to the back, the end of it. But like they were hyping that. Like it was going to be the band and make up the whole video. Yeah, that was more it was important a bit of a bait than and the switch. video itself. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Gene said in a recent interview that he's saying that they're going to tour for two more years. Wow. Till there's not an arena left that we haven't played. Pretty much. that kind of the kiss motto though why you look for meaning where there is none mm-hmm. it is what it is what you see is what you get 
so awesome. I used to genuinely be frightened of Jim yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. Which, I mean, that was his goal. Uh-huh. I do wonder, though, if they... If they hadn't gone the the route they did with Destroyer, because they got way more commercial and kid friendly as they went on, yeah. What if they stayed kind of a dark underground type band? I wonder what kind of what how they would have been perceived later on. They definitely wouldn't have been selling lunchboxes no. and action figures and all that. But I guess I mean, even they if probably you went the road of like uh, Blue Oyster Cult or Black Sabbath or something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Although still it, around, still revered by their hardcore fans, but never as big as this. Yeah. Although, if even going back to their original album, they even those songs, Strutter, it's got a catchy yeah. vibe to it. They never really were as dark as people wanted them to be. No, uh-uh. And I've had friends that they they're not fans of Kiss, but they would they 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 always make the perfect point of. They don't sound anything like they look, other than <laughs> other than certain songs like this one. Yeah, you know, God of Thunder right. lives up to it, but they you, when you look at them, you think it's going to be a much darker band. But well, it, I mean, you, you listen, it's you not not this, at all. Play this footage right here for a Slayer fan and tell me they wouldn't be into that if they didn't know nothing about Kiss. If you took somebody that was into like Swedish black metal mm. and they never heard a Kiss, but you played them this footage of Gene looking the way he does, no, I, yeah. singing the way he is. What kind of hardcore metal fan? Look at that. Yeah. Couldn't love that. You show me a Slayer fan that doesn't say, all right, that right there is pretty damn cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. Making out with a serpent. <laughs> you know, there's some people that think that the original God of Thunder solo was Dick Wagner, not Ace. Really? If you listen to it, though, it does sound more like a Dick Wagner solo than an Ace solo. It has a little bit more of his vibe to it, which makes me wonder if he did play on it. Yeah. But why wouldn't they credit him on it? They credit him with the other stuff. Why? Well, not till way after the fact. I don't know. I don't (laughs) think so. Yeah. See, that's what part of what made Kiss so cool. Kind of like the same way with the Beatles, where out of the four, each one was their own star. Mm-hmm. Everybody had their favorite member of the Beatles. Everybody had their favorite member of Kiss. You know, each one has so much personality. And talent and so much they bring to the band is like the four original awesomeness things come together as one amazing thing. Good God, look at that. Mm -hmm. Minds are being blown in the audience right now. (laughs) People never seen shit like this before. See his face, he's like, whoo. <coughs> and they would put like a vocoder effect on Gene's voice for yeah. that part. Awesome. 
be scared. funny if in Andrew's edit, you all of a sudden you heard, It's forever! <laughs> <laughs> They'd really look confused because the song hadn't been written yet. Right. <laughs> uh, as yeah. Sam starts spewing the smoke. More dry ice. <laughs> More dry ice. That's cool. Yeah. Badass. Oh, man. I love it. Oh, those are cool. Yeah, I always like... Like spiders He'd trapped had, in glass yeah. rings. He had a belt buckle that had one in it, too. That is cool. And apparently he's terrified of spiders, and he like did it oh. to help confront his fear. That it looks cool. Every time he looks at his head, he's like, ah! oh shit. I want that jukebox. Why is that a hard time picturing school teacher Gene Simmons? And the class is throwing paper airplanes and shit. He's sitting at his desk <laughs> writing lyrics. Yeah. Wanting to murder the children. He still became school teacher Gene because according to all the other guys in the band, he tried to educate people all the time. Yeah. Much to their dismay because they'd be like, all right, enough. <laughs> Peter used to call him Professor Dope. <laughs> it's like just because you know something doesn't mean you have to spew every fact about it that you know Gene <laughs> he was like a Cliff Clavin huh yeah like he had, he had the answer for everything this makes it so much harder to believe that he was the demon character because he's so serious off stage like not a wild guy at all even back in those days well, and I guess that just goes to show the difference, you know, of <clears throat> like the difference it would make in him personality wise to put the stuff on, you know, yeah. this, this was these guys chance to step out and be something they're not. You know, you listen to Paul talking about wanting to be the superhero on the horse with the hair blown in the wind <laughs> and stuff like that. That's not real Paul Stanley. Well, no. You know, right. When he was a kid, that's his fantasy. You yeah. Know? And that's completely different than what he actually is. These costumes, the makeup, the everything that changes who they are completely mm-hmm. allows them to become something so much more than what they really are in, right. in their real day-to-day lives. Well, I, and I think Paul so, talks They're about it. powers in a way. Well, Paul talks about it in his book. Uh, the the makeup and character was like no accident because, uh, as you know, like he was a really insecure kid and like had had a lot of hang-ups socially with people and but he would hide behind the makeup right and like it allowed him to be the confident version of himself that he wanted to be but the makeup came off and he'd go right back to being kind of an insecure guy i suppose at some point he realized how to balance it yeah well i don't know if he still i still don't know if he's realized that i mean there's still so many so many weird things that come out of his mouth Although I can't imagine every time he goes in for some kind of contract negotiation, he's got to put on his makeup first. No, I don't think so. <clears throat> I still get the feeling, though, that 
Ace and Peter were a little bit closer to who they were on stage. Yeah. Paul and Gene seemed to be more of acting out. Ace and Peter weren't that much different in their character. That's why photographers well, I mean, would there say... There a whole lot you can do to play a character while you're playing drums, yeah. either. But, like, photographers would say Ace and Peter would give them, like, a good first hour doing a photo shoot, and then they would just be like, done. Yeah. You know, Paul and Gene could go for hours with different facial expressions, and, like, <laughs> they were more... I guess Paul and Gene are more performers yeah. than Ace, Ace and Peter, more just rock and roll musicians. And they're like, like well, look, I'll try I, to I look got cool. Some beer to drink, so yeah. we need to wrap this up. Yeah, it's like, how many damn photos of me right. do you need? Like, Paul Stanley's got three looks, Ace Frehley has three poses. <laughs> Big finish. Ah! Alrighty. Nice. <laughs> That's an interesting thing to do. I like in. these things that Yeah, he's, he's changed it up a lot. Look, you can see his aura. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, that's kind of what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. how he was able to amplify his confidence. I mean, it's got to be not, can't be hard to have confidence when you got that many people standing out in the crowd screaming for you. Right. You know? Yeah. People really like him. <laughs> Peter. I mean, it's the greatest concert these people ever saw. I would think so. Probably most of them went to their graves or were on their way, and that's still the best concert they ever saw. <laughs> uh, except for this part. <laughs> Your favorite part of the show. And then Peter Chris came back. Oh, damn it. Peter Chris, the original Guns and Roses. He loved guns and carried roses. <laughs> Kitty for the ladies. Look at that. Sing into a track. <laughs> Sorry. He's actually singing, though. <clears throat> he needs one of those white, like, tulip-style microphones for this. <laughs> and a smoker's jacket. Yeah. It's like a lounge song. But, you know, it, it saved their asses at a rough time. Yeah. You know, they, they could have fallen right off the radar if this song didn't exist. I mean, really, truly, if you think about it, this is the song that the moms that were like, you are not listening to Kiss. But look, you mom, are they not, have this. You know, <laughs> and then to hear this song and be like, that's Kiss? <laughs> okay, here's your five ninety nine. Go down to yeah. the Sears and get you a Kiss record. Made them more family friendly. Like, oh, sure. thank you, Peter Chris. 
It's a sacrifice that had to be made. Peter Chris didn't want to do it. He wanted to rock, but he knew what he had to no, do. Oh, he loved that song. He loved all this stuff. If it was up to him, he would have done ballads every album. Yeah. But that's his background. Well, and look at some of the solo albums he came out with afterwards well, yeah. that were totally like lounge singers. He's not a hard rock guy. No. And he was our. He but it was, sucks because when he rocks hard, no, he's damn good at well, it. Well, yeah, but he. I just think he, the fact that he's older, he came from a different generation than yeah. the other three. And he he liked that whole crooner thing. like the big band era. Yeah. And like Frank Sinatra and stuff, yeah. and, you know, Tony Bennett, stuff right. like that. He wanted to be that guy. I used to have this on a uh, bootleg video. And Peter looks like, wow. (laughs) This is is my band now. Watch Gene step on his mic. (laughs) Peter's like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Quick, before Peter says anything dumb. Good old Lydia. I hate that she didn't get more uh, credit for the early days of the band because yeah. she she truly busted her ass to support him. Did you play the violins yourself? <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, we have Tommy do that. <laughs> Tommy's going to teach Ace's violin part. It's our seven-year-old kid we bring with us. His name is Tommy. Thayer. Yeah, from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> I love how pissed off the news guy sounds on this. <laughs> Ugh, ridiculous. And at the end, he's like, yeah, real classy move, guys. <laughs> That's a great interview. You know Gene was creaming his jeans when that happened. Oh, you know it. The comic book fan yeah. that he is. How did that happen? Did Marvel come to them? I don't know. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be shocked if Gene went to them because yeah. he wanted to see it happen. But it was probably na- pulled strings fit. in order to meet Stan Lee and was like, yeah, come probably. on, man, it's right in front of you. It's yeah. obvious. They were really the only band that could get away with that. Nobody was buying an Eagles yeah. comic book. Marvel presents the Eagles. <laughs> Glenn Fry the, can teleport. Yeah, the, the most boring comic book of all time. <laughs> I'll get you, Desperado. I saw one of those Ace Fraley uh, ne- necklaces that came out in the 70s. Yeah. There's one that's still sealed, and oh, wow. it's like over $1,200 on eBay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know that thing costs 30 cents to make. Right. <laughs> but that's one of them things where it's like how many of them were made I don't and know. how many are still around in 2019. That are sealed. Yeah. yeah. I doubt there's many.
ourselves initially because we started out as the, the old, the old rap. We, we initially started out being the audience. It wasn't that long ago. And uh, the premise behind anything that we do is we try to place ourselves in the audience. Would we like it if we did it? And uh, we started out with a pretty much of a middle teen audience, and now it's grown into a, a circus. We've that's funny. <laughs> Ace was so bombed. wonder if that was one of Tom Schneider's all-time favorite interviews. Oh, it had to have been. <laughs> he laughed harder than, than Ace did uh, in that interview. He was loving it. I know he said he thought they were playing a trick on him because they entered the producers went out and interviewed all the guys before to get a feel for him. Right. Ace barely said a word. They're like, Ace isn't going to say anything. That's right. And he says, I thought you were the quiet one. Or they told me you were the quiet yeah, one. He wasn't drunk like that. that day. <laughs> or he was hung over when they interviewed him. Buzz hadn't quite kicked in yet. Right. He did a great job getting the audio from Alive 2 to fit all this stuff. Yeah. It must have taken forever to make. we got to ask him, like, how much time it took to do it. To decide which shots from all these different right, shows you get to all use. the different footage and to, make to their, choose from. To make their mouths match to the audio. That must have been really hard. I've always wanted to do something like this. I just don't have the video skills or the patience. The time. Yeah, it's just, it would take forever. If I was going to do something like this, it would probably take me 30 years. I'd like to see him do one with footage from like maybe the Lick It Up era. Yeah. And then have interviews from the creatures and Lick It Up lineup. Well, and you got to figure the further ahead in the KISS timeline you go, the more footage there is to choose yeah. from just because more people, you know, filming something yeah. was more readily available. You know, the further you go back, the less footage there's going to be, yeah. obviously. But I'd like to see something like Hello. this for each era of the band. I think it's a fact that all women that love Kiss are beautiful. And don't have a bra. <laughs> According to this document. Yeah. There's the thing I'm talking about with Peter on the kick drum at the end of the song. They never recreated that. Well, he hasn't done it yet. He'll start going... They never did that after that tour. And it sounds so much better that way. He says it's almost Miller time. <clears throat> That's awesome. Kiss should release bath curtains with them cats on them. <laughs> that would be cool. I'm surprised they haven't. Yeah, just wait. It'll it'll happen <laughs> eventually. What did he just throw out there? It looked like a wig. Severed or head? It looked like a wig. I doubt it was a severed head. But... That was weird. We'll have to ask him about that. That's always been part of that Alive 2 promo reel. I never knew what it was. We'll see what he thinks. So cool. Is that it? It's easy to love Kiss. (coughs) That was cool. 
Yeah, really cool. Can you imagine something like that, Aaron, back in the day? It should have. Forget Phantom of the Park. That's what should have come out. Yeah. Less Abner Devereaux, the better. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. He's got the the guitar text and stuff on there. That's another thing I like when he does these things. He always goes and makes sure to give all the credit, you yeah. know, from everybody that had a hand in anything <coughs> in this. You know, the lighting, the sound, the trucking. He's always thorough with this stuff. I saw Mike Esmond listed. That's Pixie's brother. Yeah, and he's who got her helped get her get that job. Nice. That's from the Shandy video. Now we got to put on regular clothes. That's kind of just as weird as what we were just wearing on stage. Right. All oh, that jacket was cool. With yeah. The Les Paul on it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I want one like that. The Click T guy should remake that. Yeah. And sell it. That was cool. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to interview Andrew. So cool. Hope you guys enjoyed watching the movie with us. Oh, thank you. Too, too kind. Too kind. We just got done watching it, man. That was awesome. <laughs> cool, cool. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, there's always that nervous energy whenever I, uh, <clears throat> whenever I put something out because I've seen it a million times, and I'm always just wondering, man, is anybody else gonna like this? Because I almost don't like it at this point because I've seen it so many times. Well, so. I just seen it for the first time, and I freaking love it. From a Kiss fan yeah. to a Kiss fan. <laughs> Amazing! I loved every oh, every you. bit of it. It was thank you, thank you. It was great, and um, love the additional stuff you added this time. Uh, having the the Tom Snyder clips really definitely added a good dimension to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll talk about that a little bit. Why I decided to do that because um, you know it, it does have a it after I did Kiss at Midnight, it, it kind of made me look at things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. How was that? Well, you know. What was cool about uh, Kiss at Midnight is I used that one interview with Allison Steele, and it kind of gave a, a sense of uniformity to the whole special. And when I rewatched The Greatest Show on Earth, it didn't have that because I think I used like 10 or 15 different interviews. Right. So I wanted something that was going to be able to tell the whole Kiss story up until that point and something that was going to sound good because, you know, for any audio and video collectors out there, they know that there's not a lot of great stuff as far as long form interviews from the 70s out there there's a handful so i looked at the tom snyder interview and i thought well you know i know that this movie is set in 1977 and i think i'm going to bend the rules a little bit and use this interview to tell the story and i kind of edited out all the hokey parts on it because i mean there is a lot of you know aces is on fire in that interview so i took some of it out and i kind of gave it a serious tone because at the time i i think they they might have used that but they would have been serious about it so i tried to take out all the all the all the silly jokes and and make it just um Kiss telling the story up right. in, at that point. Well, it's kind of a like a solid snapshot of that era, and, and that interview is probably the best. Like you said, the best thing you have that kind of sums up what they had been through to that point. So it, it works exactly. works well together with the live the live video. Yeah, yeah. even though it's a little bit out of, out of era, it's a, it's a out of era. So I worked really hard when I was doing the first one to not do anything as far as Dynasty goes. But like now, I was I've bent the rules a little bit. So the movie is set in 1978, but you know you have stuff there from 1979, which I think would they probably would have done that back in the day too, because 
it was such a they wanted to make this dynasty tour the return of kiss they wanted to make that so much bigger than anything else that i think that if this was around back in the day this is when they would have done it because it would have given them the most time to spread their wings yeah right and then what a perfect timing thing that would have been to have you know that come out right before the return of kiss <laughs> exactly exactly and then not do kiss meets the phantom Exactly. Yeah, that was the biggest takeaway, I think, from this, that watching that whole thing was, man, I wish this would have come out instead of Phantom. Yeah. How much differently Kiss would be looked upon nowadays, how many fans made their exodus, you know, the older fans, the ones that were into them before they became like a little kids band. And that mm-hmm. had so much to do with Fan of the Park. I think Fan of the Park hurt Kiss so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uncle Bruce, I talk about him on the show all the time. Huge Kiss fan until Phantom of the Park. Then it was like, well, that band's for little kids now. Right. Well, me, don't you, you know. think that the seeds were set for Phantom with the Paul Lynn Halloween special? Because, I mean, oh, that sure. thing was pretty hokey. Yeah. Well, again, <clears> and and, Kiss and without only... Kiss, and without Kiss, that thing would have been looked at one time and never remembered. Yeah. Right. Have, have you ever seen the rest of the Paul Lynn Halloween special? Yeah, unfortunately. <sighs> It's a tough watch. It's yeah. a tough watch. Yeah. Even <laughs> even putting on like 1976 glasses, going, okay, I understand what was going on at the time. Still hard to watch. Yeah. And it was aired only one time, rightfully so. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah. I think you can watch it on Amazon now. I think it's you, it's available. Wow. You can. There's a couple of unofficial releases that came out of the whole show. Um, it's nothing. I mean, the quality of that isn't anything groundbreaking. I mean, you get the best parts on Kissology Volume 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but that's one of those things that uh, yeah I watched it but I'm not gonna be rewatching that a lot yeah so on we were talking as we were watching this and um, people have watched the commentary already by this point in the show but or um or listened to it I should say <laughs> um one thing that just blows me away is because like so you're essentially your your live sources are Houston Largo and then some Magic Mountain stuff um yeah. and you're using a live too as the soundtrack yeah. I mean, how how damn difficult is it, A, to choose which shot from which show you're going to use, also to make them look kind of uniform with color correction and stuff like that, and then to make their mouths match up to the audio? I mean, how many man hours do you think you put in on this thing? A lot. A lot of man hours. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't really a, a thing of choosing which shots I liked best. It was me going, well, I want to use as much Largo footage as I can That's because that looks the best. Mm-hmm. It was the bonus disc on Kissology Volume 1. So I, I really I wanted to use that because that one was shot for, you know, TV. It was shot for you know, Dick Clark back in the day. Yeah. So I wanted to use as much of Largo as I could. So I what I did first is I passed through all the songs, syncing up Largo as best as I can. Now, if some, you know, I'm not going to curse or whatever, if some some guy wants to go and try to do this themselves, it's going to be very difficult for them, too, because there there are certain points and times where I sped up and slowed down the video to match up the audio wow. because I wanted it to be as seamless as possible. I wanted if Paul is pulling away from the mic, I wanted you almost to see that in the video. So it wasn't only picking the song to put in there and and syncing it up. It was also, you know, time correcting each shot. Mm. And I did that quite a bit. So. I had the original idea to do this in October of 2017. I remember really, really uh, vividly because I was driving from New Jersey to back here in Cleveland, and I had like my notes pad up on my phone. I was just narrating to my phone what I wanted to do, and I didn't even know if I was going to be able to do it because it took me, you know, almost 10 months to get that first version of it out from you know the idea to something you could actually watch because I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. And then as I started doing it, I I realized okay, this is tough, but 
I can do, which is going to take me a lot of time. So it wasn't as difficult choosing the shots here for, let's say, like, uh, I don't know, one of the Kiss pay-per-view specials or Kiss uh, Rocks Vegas because I was all shot at the same time. So most of that stuff w- was going to match up anyway. So it was me just saying, well, what matches up? Well, good. That's the shot because it matches up. And if it didn't match up, where can I go and fill in? So I used Houston to fill in the gaps. And then if I had more gaps to fill in, I used the Magic Mountain footage from Kissology Volume 2, mm-hmm. Attack of the Phantoms. Because those audience shots are great. Yeah. And then here and there, I think I use like a couple of band shots in there. But I didn't want to use a whole lot of band shots because, uh, number one, Paul's costume is different. And you can – the Phantom stuff looked way different than Houston or Largo did. Right. Well, yeah, and, then, and that would, you know, it was a yeah. treasure trove for the audience shots from Magic Mountain because there's so yeah. many yeah. good ones from that. Yeah, so I literally went through and I took them all and I used them all. Because it, that's great to put in between the songs. That's great to put in the songs if I needed to. If I had something that I didn't have anything that synced up to that audio, uh, I, I used that. And um, it, it, it was difficult because the very first version that I did, I didn't really do a whole lot of color correcting. I did a little bit. But when I was watching it, when I was watching it back before I started this new brand new edit, I was like, man, this doesn't look like it came from the same night. And what can I do to make it look like it came from the same night? So I. Um, I picked uh, a screenshot from Lart from excuse me Houston seventy seven that was on Kissology Volume One, and I know that was kind of dark, so I didn't use everything from Kissology Volume One because I didn't want it to be dark. But I kind of used that to kind of get what kind of colors I wanted to start using, and I didn't even notice this, but um, Largo seventy seven is super green. There's a lot of green in that for some reason. Mm. And I don't know if that's just the picture quality. I, I, I don't know. But I know when I started correcting it, I was like, I had to take the green almost all the way down. And I go, oh, this looks so much better. I think I noticed so, some of that on Peter's symbols. Oh, really? Yeah. Parts of it where the green shines off his symbols real nice. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm not just talking about like a green light. I'm just talking like the picture. It just it looks like it's had this green tint or this green filter on it. So I, I don't know, but whatever whatever it was, I took it out because it looked really, really bad. There was one of the first things I released is I released like a little clip of the beginning of I Stole Your Love when I started promoting this. And you could really see that the picture took it. I did a lot to the picture because the original version is, like I said, very, very, very green. And you have to suspend a little bit of disbelief on this. But I think that when you actually watch this, because of the color correction, because of what I used and what I did, it almost looks like the same show. It like does. it doesn't take it doesn't take you out of it. Well, that's, no, yeah. that's the thing. If I'm watching this, and Chris explained to me, you know what it was. Did the different scenes from different concerts all put together to made to fit? But if I hadn't known, yeah, I didn't probably never even noticed it. Well, because I'm, I'm just a nerd. Was synced up so perfectly <laughs> yeah. that I mean, yeah, it's it's well, something else, man. And then to hear the the details that you've put into it, it's not just the syncing it up. It's making it all look uniform. It's well, amazing the work you've put into this. And the matching of with the audio of Alive too, because, I mean, through most of it, I'm watching it not really thinking that I'm listening to Alive 2. Right. I'm thinking I'm watching a concert film. Yeah. So it's a mission accomplished. What I tried to do, too, is I, I kind of added, like, a, a big room effect to Alive 2, where I kind of added just a little bit more reverb. Because mm-hmm. I was originally hoping that I was going to be able to put this on YouTube. And I was going to skate past, you know, the the, the YouTube copyright. So I, I couldn't put enough reverb on it to make it sound good. So um, that's why there's a little bit more reverb there. Because initially I wanted this to go on YouTube because it would have gotten more views. Not to say I don't have a lot of views yet. I mean, I think I, I'm at quite a bit of views now just being on Vimeo. Right. Um, but people would have found it just farting around YouTube a lot more than they would just seeing the link. So that's why you'll be seeing me post the link like every day and yeah. joining groups and just trying to trying to get it out there as uh, as much as I can. 
we're doing this yeah. today to try to help you do that because we know <laughs> I appreciate all the Kiss it. Kiss fans appreciate listen to our show, and I'm telling you, if you're a Kiss fan, you've got to see this movie. It's amazing. Yeah, it's what's the what's the movie called? I don't, I don't. We didn't say what. At least since I've been here, we didn't say what <laughs> the movie's called. Said it Fifty times by now. <laughs> we said it in the intro. <laughs> Give us a break. No, it's a greatest show on earth. <laughs> no, I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, encore yeah. edition. Yeah, and I like the little hand yeah. stamp thing that came down at the beginning. That yeah. was cool. <laughs> yeah, that because uh, when I was. When I was deciding on doing this, um, and this goes way, way back. This goes way back. When I was deciding on doing this, it was initially called the Alive 2 movie. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. And then I, I misquoted a Kiss ad. And I was like, yeah, the Kiss ads, they say the greatest show on earth. And that's what I, that's what I decided to do. That's the greatest show on earth. Not really realizing that there's Ringling Brothers and I really didn't care about it. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I almost changed it to the show of shows because that's what I wanted. It. That's, that's what was in my head. I've seen those old alive two advertisements and it would say the show of shows mm-hmm. oh, nice. so i'm like oh that would have been a great title for a movie so um it, i stuck with the greatest show on earth because it, that it sounds cool and um i'm able to use my little lightning bolt s that i use on literally everything that i do so that way you know that it's me yeah and uh and yeah it's just it, it's a cool it's a cool name and i didn't want to i didn't want to rename it because then i would have gotten people that are like oh this is the same as the greatest show on earth so i had to keep the, the greatest show on earth Mm-hmm. And the encore edition was the only cool thing that I could have uh, thought of to uh, to re-release it. Right, so I, it, I like it's it. the special edition. I went back in it and George Lucas did. There's just no CGI job of the hut. <laughs> Thank God. Um, <clears throat> well, let me ask you this: because I know that you're you you're pretty close to uh, some people connected to the band. I mean, has there been any feedback from maybe guys in the band or people that work work with the band? Uh, well, I'm doing this to hopefully get the attention of the band, and I, I will say this: nobody has. I've never been issued a cease and desist about this. I've never been. No one's asked me to stop. That's not to say that they won't, but I'm hoping that um, this this creates a wave that the band takes notice because there are people that more than one person, and they're not even related to me. There's been more than several people that have said, "Well, this is better than what Kiss does. Why aren't Why aren't you on the payroll?" Yeah. So. Um, you know, we could only hope that that's that's my end game to kind of get the band's attention, yeah, and and have them too. say, "Well, hey, this is cool. Let's see what you can do." Because I don't I don't think that they're ever going to release this because of the, the the musical legalities. Your Universal Music versus Kiss, you have to license all that music. Mm-hmm. Probably really expensive, and I don't think anybody in their right minds would want to invest in something like this because, um, number one, it's been available to stream for free for God knows how long, and then number two. Uh, physical media is, is is really dead at this point. So I don't think I think the movie could probably make one million dollars if it were like have like a limited theatrical release, like you know the Kissology series did and the mm-hmm. Rocks Vegas did. Um, but I, I don't think this is gonna you know go ten times platinum. I I really don't. So I don't think that anyone's gonna want to invest in it and get that money because if I'm a betting man, and I know people in the industry and I know people that that you know, do this stuff for a living, it's probably about up probably between you know. 50 and 100,000 of, of music licensing in yeah. this movie. And I just don't think anyone's going to want to put that money up. Right. So hmm. what I'm hoping is that they see this and go, well, hey, you, you set the correct tone. Well, let's do something else that we have the rights to and let's see what you can do. Yeah, so right. that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, that's how I've said it before. I'll say it again. Andrew's not making no money off this. <laughs> but damn it, Kiss, he could be making you guys some money off of this. That is that is true. And I've been very, very um, open and I've been very outspoken about this. That you know, I don't want anybody downloading this. I don't want people 
burning this on DVD and selling it at horror conventions for 15 bucks. I just, this is something that uh, I want you to stream for free. Mm-hmm. And if Kiss were to stop the stream, then that's it. But a- at the same time, if you really want to support this, you know, make sure you support Kiss and make sure you own Kiss Alive 2 and Kissology Volume 1 and Volume 2. Because that that dovetails into the very next thing that I I wanted to talk about regarding this, because there has been many, many, many fan films, fan edits in the community Mm -hmm. and the legalities for all this stuff. It's really, really a gray area. You know, in in the 80s and the early 90s, you had a lot of these film companies that would stop fan films because they thought the fans are making money. But as they see fans, they create little edits and little things, you know, to either better your film or to get your film to a different audience. And uh, I think it's celebrated now along – it's just – it's celebrated in the fact that you know they want to make sure that the producers don't make any money off of them. So right. hundreds of Star Wars fan films and Star Wars fan films have been celebrated at official and unofficial conventions. There's, there's all kinds of fan films that are out there. And, and as far as I know, no one has been sued or there hasn't been any you know, legal action taken over those. That's why – that's what I align you know, with this to. It's a fan film. It's if you own the stuff that I used, I just edited it differently. I can so, dig that. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah, but, but going back to my question, though, do you yeah. know if any of the guys in the band or on the crew have actually watched it? I don't, and um, I know I've been around the band quite a lot, and, and I've always been around members of the band or people of the band or anything like that in, in other facets. You know, I did a lot of videos for Gene Simmons' Moneybag Soda, and it really kind of wasn't my place to, you know, mention this when I'm there working for Gene Simmons' Moneybag Soda, so... Wait till after I you think, get paid. Yeah, yeah, or or just or wait till the right time because you know that's they they work hard on that. Mm. So um, I I don't know. I think they have. I know that there. I know that there are people that have been close to the band that have seen it, but I don't know if like you know Doc or you know it, I I hope Tommy sees it because Tommy's the video guy, so I'm yeah. hoping he sees it at some point. So um, I guess we'll see. I, I guess we'll imagine. see. So hopefully, you know. Uh, there's a reason why I released it now because hopefully all the people traveling going on the cruise watched it and they're talking about it on the boat. That would be great. Yeah. So um, we'll see. We'll I see. Gotta, so I got um, to imagine maybe it'll by happen. this point that somebody has brought it to Gene and Paul and Ben like, you've got to see this. It's amazing. I hope. I, I hope. Um, I hope that maybe someone brought Kiss at Midnight to them as well, too. They yeah. they say, hey, look at what this guy is doing. You know, he this is the movie that would have come out, Greatest Show on Earth. and the Kiss at Midnight is the TV special that uh, that would have come out. So hopefully, you know, um, they gotta love. I it. I did speak. There was, you know, there were a lot of things going on in in December and January where I did have several talks with Doc McGee about possibly doing something with the band, and they just they they never came to fruition. So I don't really want to email this to Doc McGee, but at sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, and I go, maybe I should. <laughs> Why not? You know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Gotcha. Well, um, but yeah. So, so I and I, we, there was a little teaser at the beginning of a of an end of the road project. Oh, there was. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that is the next thing that I'm working on. It's called One Last Time. I shot a ton of footage when I saw Kiss in March this past year in Cleveland, Columbus, and Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, Mohegan Sun, and all these places that I saw them at. So I was gonna. I've always intended on making a end of the road thing. And it was going to be something that was going to be included with the podcast, like something maybe it was going to be 10 or 15 minutes. And then I kind of looked at all the stuff that I had and I go, I could probably make this a movie. And what I decided to do with it is there is a really great multi-camera edit of the Madison Square Garden show. So I'm going to use – it's going to be part concert and, and then part documentary on how Kiss got to the end of the road. 
and then how I got to the end of the road, like my story as a Kiss fan and, and what I've done on the end of the road and my experiences on there. So I can compare it to uh, Flight 666. So if you've seen the Iron Maiden movie where it's part documented, but there's definitely a lot of live footage in that, it's going to be something similar to that too. And um, what I'm going to do with this one is, and I, I just you know, fleshed out this idea yesterday, is there's going to be the movie, which probably be, you know, I would say around an hour, hour and a half with some live footage in it. But then there's also going to be my special edit of the Madison Square Garden show that's going to be out there separately as well, too. So um, what I've done is I have five complete end of the road shows from different places and um, I may, I'm editing them all together to make them one show. Because, um, you know, some of the shows they are only shot from far away. Some of the shows are shot from close up. So I'm going to mix it together to make it look like the best possible pro product as you can. And then you're going to have you'll be able to see one last time. And you'll be able to see one last time live, which will be the concert in which will be the complete concert because the complete concert will not be in the movie. Gotcha. That's awesome. That's so that's the next one. So that'll be out in February. Well, you know, it says February 2020 now that I'm kind of you know, thinking of something else to do with it, it might be just slightly after that. Gotcha. So, uh, so, so we'll see. It, there won't be 500 delays on it. And, you know, I, all the money I collect via PayPal won't be uh, locked out. So, um, <laughs> uh, th- anyway, um, I'm, not, I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, that's been a hot topic this week. I'll leave that to the kiss FAQ message board. I'm, yeah. I'm, but anyway, yeah. so around February, 2020 is when the next one will be out because every time I do like these, these different podcasts or I do different things, people always ask me like, man, this is great. When's the next one? I'm like, dude, I just spent nine months out of my life making this one. <laughs> it's a compliment, <laughs> I promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But with this one, since The Greatest Show on Earth wasn't a new – this wasn't a new thing. This was just something I was going back in and, and fixing what was there before. And I mean, yeah, there was a lot of things to fix. It wasn't – I wasn't putting – I wasn't putting a lot of creative energy into it. It was it was already created and I was just there refining it. Mm-hmm. So while I was doing this, I kind of was thinking about the next thing. So that's why there's a teaser for the next thing on this one. Gotcha. Um, Looking forward to that. One thing in the – and I've talked to you a little bit about this, but that in, the, in The Greatest Show on Earth, there's the earliest known footage of Kiss, which is a cover oh. show. I have to bring this up because this is not what's on Kissology – um, You're correct. What is this, and where the hell did you get it? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so there's another night available from the Coventry, which is the night before the footage shot on Kissology Volume 3. Now, the footage available from the first night, which was taped over by the footage of the second night, so you, you can. So what's available from the first night is Deuce and Cold Gin, and that's it. Mm. That's all that's available from that. So there, was, wow. there actually was a page on, um, on Facebook. I'm not going to mention the name of the page. Um, but if you were on the page, you know that this was on there, and that's where I got it from. Oh, wow. So if you went and watched The Greatest Show on Earth, The Greatest Show on Earth had just Coventry footage in there from Kissology Volume 3. But when I found this, I go, oh, I'm going to put this in. Yeah. So uh, so I put that in. So, yeah, so there is – it's Deuce and Cold Gin from the first night, and um, it's nowhere near complete. And, you know, what you're seeing right there is is almost half of what's on there. So, um Number one, don't ask me for it. I can't give it out. Uh, there's a page on Facebook, so go and find that page, page on Facebook and go get it from them. That's where I got it from. All right. Well, uh, that reminds me, there's, I can't remember, maybe it was on the FAQ message board, but there was, maybe it's from the same tape. I may have read about it, but there was like a, somebody put it, posted a still, and it basically the tape was taped over a rehearsal oh. from the loft and you could b- barely make out Gene. You know, sometimes I forget who I'm talking to. I forget that I'm talking to an esteemed KISS fan who's done their <laughs> research on this. 
but you are correct. There were five frames that were edited together to make one frame because if you pause it just mm-hmm. right, you can see them rehearsing in the loft. Yeah. And uh, and it's it's a shame. So the loft rehearsals were taped over by night one of the Coventry, and then night two of the Coventry taped over part of night one of Coventry. So, yeah. So uh, you know, gr- great on Bill of Coin for recording all that stuff. But I understand everything was expensive back then, and all that great stuff got taped over. So that stuff no longer exists, to my knowledge. I remember being really excited to see that one little shot <clears throat> so I was like damn that's the only thing we've ever seen of them playing in the in the loft yep and that's probably the only thing that that's ever ever going to be out there unless something is found but you know bill worked with uh with dave striker who was the guy behind kiss vision to transfer this uh dave was on another podcast and dave actually videotaped bill watching this footage in his studio so you know this this stuff came right from bill so and to my knowledge there's nothing there's nothing else out there so, uh, but yes, you are, you are correct. So all those things come from this night of Coventry. It's the, uh, the first night. I think it's December 22nd, 1973. If no, December 21st, 1973. If only they'd have known back then how important that yeah. footage was. Like, we have to keep this, you know, we have to film it separately. Mm-hmm. Each individual thing, we have to keep it all. Yeah. We were quite taken by, like, how well done the their characters, their show movements, everything oh. was. It just It just shows you how hard they must have rehearsed because that's like very early in the band's career and they already pretty much had it down you know yeah 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 i mean like a lot of a lot like a lot of the other stuff wasn't there like some of the dance moves and some of the some of the special effects but most of it was i would say about 75 percent of it was already there yeah definitely Um, mannerisms for sure yeah but i mean you have there's a lot of missed opportunities uh this being one of them but you know, you had a lot of these other bands that had these great concert films in the 70s and just Kiss never had one. You had a guy who had a background in TV as well, too. So just they just never did a movie. So Missed Opportunities, that's where The Greatest Show was born from because, you know, there's I'm only doing this because it's never been done before. I'm not doing it because I think I can do it better than anybody else. I, I can't. You know, people have been asking me, they go, why don't you do a reunion tour when there's so much reunion tour footage? And I was like, ah, there's no way I'm going to be able to make something better than The Second Coming. Especially since I really love the second coming, so oh, this is about going back and doing things that were never done before. I would. I was telling Aaron, I I think it would be cool to see something from like the Creatures and Lick It Up era yeah. done this way. With, there's uh, just the, not a lot of footage. There's some, but there's not a ton of footage. Um, I did gather about. I think the last time I counted is about forty hours of footage of the Hot in the Shade tour, and uh, I was going to do a Hot in the Shade one, um, but. This kiss at midnight idea just kind of fell in my lap. So you guys can blame John Humphrey from Seether on that one because John came on my show and was talking about this, this uh, 13 biographies that Alison Steele did. And that's the, that's where the kiss, that's where the audio came from for kiss at midnight was Alison Steele's 13 biographies. So once I heard that, I go, well, I got to do something with this. Mm. So, um, there, there may be a point in time where I do a hot in the shade show. I, I mean, I still have all that footage and, and kind of what I want to do with it and, and all this stuff. But, um, you know, for now, it, it's all about talking about the greatest show on earth, and it's also going to be about this one last time because the one last time thing is, is going to be something that's super personal. It's going to be footage of me as a kid, five years old, dancing to Kiss music, and you know all that stuff, just showing how I got to the end of the road. And I think that that'll be really cool. I hope people like that one. I hope people like that one too, because you know, as it stands right now, I don't even like it. So. Um, <laughs> You're your own worst critic. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny story. I was actually on my way. I, I was traveling, and uh, for one reason or another, uh, Avengers Endgame wasn't. I couldn't get it on my phone, 
And and it was just so I, I anticipated on watching Avengers Endgame on this four hour flight. And for one reason or another, it just didn't work out. So I was like, all right, well, I'm bored. What am I going to do now? So I'm just looking through what is actually on my phone. I go, oh, Greatest Show on Earth. It's on my phone. Let's, let's check it out. And I watched the original version of it. And then after I watched it, I go, that kind of sucks. I don't even really like that anymore. <laughs> and I started picking it apart. I go, well, that part sucks. And this is that. And I can't do this. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to redo this. Like I have to, like I have to, I have to make this as good as I think Kiss at Midnight is because Kiss at Midnight looks like an actual TV show that could have happened. Yeah. So I go, I need to make this as good as that. So that's where the seed was planted. I watched the greatest show on earth, and I was like, I hate this. So the people are asking me, they go, well, How do you know that you're not going to hate this in six months? I go, Well, there's literally nothing else I can do to make this any better. So, <laughs> well, you definitely improved. Well, as long it. as you know that, then you know you gave it your best, and I mean. It's it's amazing. I mean, we love it. I'm sure everybody mm-hmm. that's seen it's got to be just reaching out and telling you how great it is. Cause, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, there's really been a, the unanimous positive reviews on it. Fantastic. And I'm sure you've heard from people all over the world about it, too. I have. I have. I mean, there are people that, that want, like, oh, where can I buy a copy? And, and you know, there's never going to be a DVD copy of this because, again, I don't own the rights to any of this stuff. And it it would I would be doing exactly what I said I wouldn't do by distributing this for profit because if I made one DVD, that's going to turn to 10 and then a hundred and then people are going to be selling it and it's just going to, it's going to spiral out of control. It's what happened with the guys with kiss vision in the Mm nineties. None of them ever wanted to, you know, sell this and make money off this, but they made one copy and that one turned into 10 and, and here we are, you know, people were, were showing that, um, that visual evolution on TV back in the day because they thought it was from kiss. So, you know, it's, I don't want that to happen to me again. So, I mean, I know the the expos in the '90s were there was much more of a Wild West type thing. You could sell those bootlegs, but this will never be for sale, and there's never going to be a DVD copy of this. Well, it's ever. on Vimeo, so people go back and watch it over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah, some people were like, "What time is it going to be on there?" And I was like, well, <laughs> "What does it matter?" It's like when people ask, "What time is your podcast?" Yeah, <laughs> that, that always kills me. Well, what time does your podcast air? I'm like, um, whenever you hit play. Yeah. <laughs> It, well, because I think what confused some people is I know in the summer, Julian Gill and I, we aired a Hot in the Shade concert that uh, that he provided me the footage and I was able to to edit for him, um, which, no, you can't have a copy of that either because I don't own I, – I really, really, really don't own that footage and uh, it was just lent to me to do that. So um, I'm not going to you know, burn someone with that. Uh, but anyway, so we aired it on Facebook and we aired it twice and I guess – that really stuck with people because now everything I do, they're like, what time is going to be on Facebook? And I'm like, it's not, I've never said it was going to be. <laughs> when is and the I also, premiere? And I also, it took me back a little because a lot, not a lot of people know what Vimeo is. I'm like, what's Vimeo? I'm like, the same machine that you typed in asking me what it is, you could have just found out by the end of that sentence. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you because go and find <laughs> out for yourself. Yeah, Google's an amazing invention. Right. It's amazing. It's message, amazing. Put it in the Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, Vimeo is more used for professional production companies. That's the way that they share a lot of their footage. Um, the quality on this one is significantly higher than it is on YouTube because it's not a, it's customers really or or you know consumers really don't spend hours on Vimeo looking for stuff. It's more for production companies to share their footage. You could purchase stock footage on there, which I've done in the past. Um, and you have to pay to be a member of this. If there's a monthly fee of I think it's twenty bucks or something that you pay to become a member of this, so. Uh, it's something that, that's used in, in television and movies and, and this and that. So it's a great way to share stuff. And, you know, the copyright on this one is is much more lax than it is on YouTube. That's because there's like one-tenth of the users on Vimeo than there is on YouTube. It's more content creators and it's more content-oriented for this. So um, 
hopefully it'll be on Vimeo for a while. Awesome. And you know anyone can go and and check it out. Um, I'm hoping that the 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 just to quickly talk about one last time, one more time, because I'm not using any copywritten audio. Everything I'm using was was recorded at, at MSG on the end of the road tour. I'm hoping that that's going to be able to get thrown up on YouTube because I'll get more views if it's on YouTube. Right. Right on. Well, man, keep them coming because I want the views. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want the views. Yeah. When the new one comes out, uh, yeah, let us know and we'll we'll have you back on. I, I, I really appreciate this. I'm hoping February 2020 on this. But nice. um, there is two very important things I do want to talk about with The Greatest Show on Earth. Um, this time I am doing a couple screenings. And um, they are November 2nd in Long Island, New York, and November 7th here in Cleveland. You could log on to Facebook.com slash Greatest Show on Earth Kiss to find out all the information on the screenings. The one here in Cleveland is absolutely free as long as you bring an unopened school item and a non-perishable canned good because we are collecting all that stuff for charity just like we did when we gave away the Gene Simmons vault at the pre-party when Kiss was here in March. So log on and find out all the information about those, how you can attend and see this awesome movie on the big screen. And there, there, yeah. there may be a Nashville screening next year. There may the, be a Nashville screening told next year, too. Oh, nice. So, you know, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. And, you know, what, what a lot of people don't understand is they think I could just show to a movie theater and just screen this. But um, <clears throat> what a lot of bars and a lot of concert halls do is they pay their BMI and ASCAP licenses. And what that is is it's they, they pay a monthly fee or a yearly fee or, or just a daily fee or whatever it is to either have live music there. Either it's going to be live music from a band or live music from a DJ or – a jukebox or they're they're paying to have that music played in their establishment and the only copywritten thing that i used on the greatest show on earth is alive too the video is a completely new creation it i took snippets from an officially releasing but the video is is completely free of uh as it's edited is, is free of copyrights it you know the footage in there is owned by someone but anyway so being able to air the audio as long as a place has paid their bmi and ascap licensings under those licensing agreements i can show this because the the establishment has already paid their licensing fee on this. So that's why I picked these two places to show it at in Long Island and Cleveland because I know both those places had paid up on their fees. So th- that is a completely legal loophole that I found in to do that. So they can't because these co- these places have their ASCAP and BMI licenses paid for that uh, I'm well within my legal means to just to do this because who's to say that I just can't go and play a live two in the jukebox. Yeah, right, true. That's true. And I got to imagine how cool that's going to be if you're in Long Island or you're in Cleveland. Never before have you been in a movie theater with as many cool people as you will be in this situation because all the awesome Kiss fans are going to be coming out of the woodwork to come see this viewing. Imagine seeing something like this up on the big screen at a movie theater. How cool is that going to be? Kind yeah, of makes me feel I'm really, like really pod Where all the coolest people are all together in one room and the feeling you get from that, being in a room full of people that are just like you. Mm-hmm. What's cool about this is the, um, the screen that, that's going on in Long Island. It's actually put on by a guy who's in a Kiss tree band called Unmasked. And he's done these Halloween screenings for the last couple of years. One year he did Phantom. I think last year he did, he did Detroit Rock City and then had a, you know, a, a call with Adam Rifkin. So even though it usually happens around cruise time, he says, well, you know, we still get between 100 and 150 people that come in and, and watch this. So that's a success in, in my eyes. So I'm hoping that as many people come out to this one too, see his band play, and then you're also going to see The Greatest Show on Earth. And I'll be there. That's cool. So Come out, come out and see me, and uh, I'll give you a Greatest Show on Earth poster because nice. I did print up a bunch of those, paid for myself, and no, they're not for sale, but if you come to one of these screenings, I will hand-deliver you one. 
Cool. Much like Gene Simmons hand delivered his vaults last year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get one of them posters for the Decibel Geek Studio. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think um, you know if everything uh, happens like it's supposed to. You'll be able to come out, and I'm going to have a table. If there's an indie expo, I'll have a table out there. But um, you know, we'll also do something. Hopefully, do something around Rock and Pod Four. Is it four now? Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's four. Yep. Yeah. You know it. Shit. Yep. Shit. Um, so I'll, I'll have to come out to that one. So if um, if there is anything, you know, even if I just have a table out there, I'm just playing it on a screen all day. Um, it'll be the Greatest Show on Earth World Tour. So <laughs> the, the first the first of my Greatest Show on Earth Tour is on Friday. I'll be live in the studio at the Kiss Room with Matt Porter. Oh, cool. So nice. he's got me in the studio on that. And then um, then we have the, the screening next Saturday, the very first one. Awesome. So, uh, luck, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. Cool. So, uh, like real quick, before we go, just give the details on where people can get it and how they and how they can keep up with you on uh, social media. <laughs> so, the best place to go is you, you could follow me uh, on Facebook. Just you know, search my name. But if you want to talk about anything about this film or any of the other Kiss projects that I'm doing, just follow Facebook.com/slash Greatest Show on Earth Kiss. No spaces, no capitals, no anything. Uh, you'll be able to see the link for the movie right there, and you'll be able to see all the updates right on that page. So, uh, so like. It and tell your friends to like it, and then just hop onto Vimeo and search "Greatest Show on Earth" on Edition or just "Greatest Show on Earth" Kiss fan film, and you'll be able to find it. Great. And uh, I hope that if you do decide to, to watch it, I really hope you guys enjoyed. It. I hope it brings you back to to the seventies. It totally did, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> Me, <too. laughs> Me neither. Isn't that funny how that works child. out? I wasn't there, but people who have seen it, they go, "Man, it feels like you took me right back." Yeah, and it, it made us feel right like, back. "Damn it, we were born too late." Yes. Wait, yeah, but to think about this too, if we had been born in the seventies, this type of technology really wasn't available back then, too. So True. this, I couldn't have done this back then. I could only, I could only have done it now in what technology is now. Yeah. In the so, right hands, like yours. Yeah, well, there are no right hands except ours. So. <laughs> well played. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that for I don't even know how long. Oh, but uh, but listen, me. I really I thank you guys for having me on to talk about this. And I also thank everyone out there who's watched it. And you know, there's been thousands of people that have watched it already, reached out to me, sent me messages, and you know, posted about it on Facebook. So thank you so much. For, for doing that and uh, and enjoying this. All right. I really, really, you, I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Keep man. up the good work, and we'll talk Thank to you, you again real soon. Thank you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.